Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. Let's get into the message uh, this morning. And in order to do this morning's message, I need to do a throwback to two weeks ago's message. Uh, Two weeks ago, we did a message called, you know, you're never alone. Because I gave an anonymous survey to, to people in the church to fill out, hey, I, I struggle with this, I struggle with that, I struggle with this. And then the ushers collected the anonymous surveys, there's no names, and then we shuffled, you know, left to right, front to back. So everybody had somebody else's survey. And then I asked the question, if your person marked, I struggle with this or I struggle with that, would you please stand on their behalf? And I was stunned at this particular video clip that I'm gonna show you. Please stand up if your person checked this box. Yes, I struggle with anxiety, fear, or depression. Oh, you thought you was the only one? (laughs) What was that, 75, 80% of our church struggles with anxiety, fear, and depression. And the point of the illustration was you're not alone. Sometimes we we dig a pit and we get into the pit and we're like, I'm in this pit. And then it's just like, I feel like I'm the only one in the church that struggles. And the the point of the message was, you are not alone. But as a pastor, my heart was moved with compassion. So I wrote a message called Overcoming Anxiety. And I hope this is going to help a lot of people today. And, and if this isn't for you, then I want you, when it comes out on you know, the YouTubes, to share the link on social because you probably have some friends that, that need some biblical keys on how to overcome anxiety. Because yes, you're not alone, but that doesn't mean we're going to leave you in this despair. We're going to join together. We're going to jump in the pit. We're going to get out. Um, So today we're going to talk about fighting back against anxiety. We're going to go on the offense. This thing has been attacking you. We're going to join hearts as a family, and then we're going to fight back. We're going to attack back. Uh, First of all, let's define what anxiety is. I literally asked Siri what anxiety was, and she gave me the Oxford English Dictionary, which is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So just leave that up for a second, Josh, because I'm gonna ask you a question. Our God is a loving Father. Jesus has all victory on heaven and earth and he sits enthroned at the right hand of God. At at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Does this sound like something that he wants his kids to be struggling with? Right? Doesn't that just sound bananas that like 80% of the church struggles with anxiety, but then here we are, we're like worry, nervousness, you know, unease, fear. Like that just doesn't sound like what God's kids should be struggling with. So I want to give you some tools of how to fight back and how to overcome. Because if if this is a struggle, then that means God has already made the way out of the struggle. Amen? Like don't feel like you're alone and don't feel like there's no help. God loves you so much, he has created a path to fight back, a path to overcome anxiety because your anxiety will bow to the name of Jesus. You you will walk out of this thing. You will walk in freedom. You will walk in hope and joy and peace and confidence once again. So that, that, that survey two weeks ago was actually peeling back a revelation of the American culture. And because that was in the church, imagine not having Jesus. Personally, I think that that the American Western culture has come into agreement and partnership with the spirit of fear and anxiety. I think that in general, the devil to date has been winning this battle, but for God's kids, Jesus is going to win the war. Amen? 
All right, now before I get into this, I, I need to just be honest. I, I try to always be honest and kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. I have struggled with many things in my life. To date, anxiety is not one of them. However, I have people in my immediate family. We've had people that are dear friends of ours in this church that we have helped to walk through overcoming anxiety. So it was more so, it's not that I'm speaking to you from all of my years of my own journey. I'm speaking to you from my years of helping people overcome anxiety in their journey. I, I just needed you to be, to be honest because there are some people that really don't struggle with fear and anxiety. I don't really, you guys know me, maybe I'm a little too crass and a little too hard-hearted. I really don't care what other people think of me. Um, some of you are like, we can tell by the, your outfit. The point is, or your haircut or your shoes, yeah, thank you. So, but I really don't care. Like, if, if you don't like me, that's really bad for you because I'm amazing and I love me. So, um, and I don't need you to love me to, for me to love me. So, um, I just don't care what other people think. So, okay, that's enough. So, my point is, I am speaking to you today with some tools and things that I've learned to help you, but I'm just, I'm just being honest. This isn't one of the things that I personally have have crawled out of the pit. This is something, as a pastor, my heart was moved with compassion. My heart was moved with empathy for the 75, 80% of our church and, and those that are not a part of our church that are gonna watch this later. That was where my heart was gripped, was with compassion. All right, if we're gonna overcome this thing, let's, let's, let's pick it apart. Let's figure out what anxiety is and where it comes from. What are the potential causes? Like if you've got, if you've got weeds in your garden, let, let's go to the root and not just spray the leaves. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's pull this thing out by the root. So there are different types of anxieties um, and there are different sources of anxiety. So um, our body is made up in three parts. We are body, soul, and spirit. So this body that we walk around in for 80, 90, 100 years, it's just a bag of meat and bones. Like this, th this is not going to heaven. This is just carrying around the important stuff. But it's, it's our soul, our, the, our mind, our will, our emotions, you know, our feelings, where a lot of anxiety gets trapped. But then it's our spirit, man, that we're gonna fight from the inside out. So, but however, the root of our anxiety is often in one of these three areas. So we have to determine the root of the anxiety so we can pluck this thing up by the root. So if we are body, soul, and spirit, first let's talk about the body. A lot of people um, do struggle and, and their anxiety isn't in their spirit, man. And honestly, it didn't even originate. It might have affected their soul, but, but it started in their body. So a lot of anxiety gets trapped in our bodies and our bodies react and we, have, we struggle with panic and we, we struggle with um, anxiety and, and, and panic attacks because it's we, something happened to our body. We were hurt, we were abused uh, physically, sexually. You know, we, were, um, we saw something. A lot of our soldiers come back from war because um, they, they deal with anxiety because of things that they saw with their eyes or, or, or paramedics or doctors, you know, people that deal in very high stress, high trauma things. So anxiety gets trapped in our bodies because our bodies have been exposed to something. We were um, helping and, and taught, we were hearing a testimony of somebody that their body had all sorts of anxiety tied into it. It was a, a young woman, uh, her and her husband were struggling uh, to conceive a child. So part of the treatment was she was given high doses of a wide variety of different hormones to kind of trick and, 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 and trigger her body into conceiving. And the long story short, they conceived, they have children, 
But in the aftermath, when they were trying to get her body back to normal, this young woman who never struggled with anxiety was living under crippling anxiety and fear, but all of it originated not in her soul and not in her spirit. It originated in her body because her hormones, her chemistry was, so, was thrown way out of whack. So it took a while to recognize the source of her anxiety was actually trapped in her body. They got her healthy, they got her whole, they got her hormones reset, and then her anxiety went away and she overcame her anxiety. Now, you all are pretty sharp people. If, if you get your body, you know, physically, sexually, uh, if, if, if anxiety is triggered in your body, it over time is going to affect your soul. We are interwoven. So a lot of times our soul, anxiety is like a cancer and it's going to try to always spread and it's going to try to, it, it wants to kill you. The devil hates you and he wants to destroy your life. So have, maybe you have suffered disappointment in your soul. Somebody hurt you, a, a parent walked out on you or said things to you, or uh, a, a divorce ended and, and people were cruel to you. Um, sometimes we carry an anxiety on our soul and we didn't even do anything wrong, but the Bible says that the sins of the fathers will be handed down to the children. So sometimes our anxiety in our soul is actually a generational curse. Um, did your mom and dad or grandparents struggle with anxiety? And if they never submitted that to the lordship of Jesus, if they never overcame their anxiety, then they handed it down to their children and grandchildren. So the, the nice thing about that is once we recognize the source of that anxiety, we submit it to the lordship of Jesus, we pray and break that generational curse, and then we find freedom because you don't want your kids and grandkids to struggle with anxiety. Amen? All right, the third area that sometimes we will deal with anxiety, and it's, it's not in our body, it's not in our soul, but it, it's an absolute demonic attack against our spirit man. Why? The devil is a jerk, and he hates you, and he wants you to be under this cloud and weight of fear and anxiety. So even though you might not have ever suffered physical trauma or even so, uh, soul, emotional trauma, the devil hates you and is attacking you, and you're dealing with the effects of anxiety, and it's a spiritual attack. Um, sometimes... It's our own stupidity, our own sin, our own rebellion against God that opens the door in our spirit man and seeds were planted and there's a harvest of anxiety that's growing. But here's the nice thing. Most spirit anxieties that are the root, super duper easy because the blood of Jesus is amazing and powerful. So once we realize that it was our sin or once we realize that it's a demonic attack and our eyes are open, we repent of our sin or we pray and those effects are broken off in the name of Jesus. A lot of times if that anxiety hasn't spread to your soul or your body, that, those kind of demonic attacks are so easy to see people delivered and set free from. Many of you are gonna get set free today right here at these altars. We're just, I'm so excited. Let's go, right? Come on, somebody. So, Here's the beautiful thing. Let's say you're like, oh, it's probably the sin that I struggled with for all those years. But I've prayed. I've repented. I, I've asked God to forgive me. I guess I'm just stuck with the effects of my sin. No, that's not how the blood of Jesus works. Do you really think that the name of Jesus is so powerful he can wash away your sin, but he can't also restore your soul and, and, and remove the anxiety? Surely he has made a way to remove that, that, that pain and the anxiety. He didn't just take your sin to the cross. He took your anxiety to the cross. Can I get an amen? Can I also say this? If you struggle with anxiety, anxiety is not a sin. So, so oftentimes, the church has been terrible with dealing with anxiety. Well, like when I came up in the 80s and 90s, we were awful with people that, that said and struggled with anxiety. In fact, as a pastor, as a leader, if you have been hurt by the church, by a pastor, because you were struggling with anxiety 20 years ago and we handled it terribly, I'm sorry. 
And I ask that you would forgive us. I would ask that you'd forgive your former pastor or youth pastor or your own parents that were so zealous and spiritual that they made you feel like your anxiety was a sin, like, like that you did something wrong, like it's your fault that you have this anxiety and that, that you're not holy. You're just not holy enough. And maybe you're not praying enough. Uh, you need to read your Bible more and you won't have anxiety. If, if you would just worship a little more, if, if you would, this thing is your problem because you're making it into a big problem. Shame on you for your anxiety. Listen, I have heard some of the most unhelpful and cruel and, and just terrible things that are so harsh. Instead of treating people gently and tenderly, the church has been so rough with people and it actually just, we, we just shove that anxiety down deeper and like a cancer, eventually it spreads. And let's be totally honest, those of you that know me and know my personality, when I was coming up in my 20s as a youth pastor, as a, as a traveling uh, missionary, I was much more dogmatic, and I hadn't been exposed to a lot of anxiety or people with anxiety. I didn't naturally struggle with it. So I, I probably would have been a lot more harsh and a lot more dogmatic with people. But over the last 30 years, over helping people in my own family that have struggled with anxiety, over seeing people step into victory, I have so much more compassion and empathy and grace for people. So anyway, so I, I've learned a few things over the years. So I want us to roll up our sleeves and, and, and dive in and, and help to give you some tools to overcome anxiety. Um, I think it's important that the church talks about it because in general the church has not talked about anxiety much at all and, um, and, and then therefore people struggle and never get the tools that they need to overcome it. So we can't, we, we can't ignore anxiety anymore. We can't just stuff it down. But we also can't put anxiety up on a throne and bow down to anxiety just because the rest of our culture does. Because like culture is, is look, there's whole TV shows and sitcoms and movies about our anxiety. We have like worshiped and idolized anxiety in Western culture. So uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, draw, we're gonna have this delicate tightrope. I'm not denying anxiety is a problem, but I am denying it a place of influence in our lives, amen? So the reason for this message is that we, we can't stay the same. We have to make a change. We're not going to deny that we're struggling with anxiety, but we're no longer going to give that anxiety a place of influence in our lives. We're no longer going to stuff this thing down. Um, your feelings, your emotions, the things that you're struggling, those are real. They might only be real to you and not to the person sitting next to you, but, but, but it's eating you alive on the inside. So we want to help give you the tools to overcome this anxiety because God always wins. Amen? And God is going to help you win. Uh, he's he's, he's going to help you find the victory. So um, this is a personal little side note, personal little pet peeve that I wrote into my notes that, just, that I think part of the problem in the church, in the American church, that we struggle with anxiety is because the problem starts with our own tongue. Our culture has become so enamored with anxiety that we have come into agreement with the spirit of fear and anxiety and we open the door with our own words. I remember when I was a kid, I had freakishly good vision, like robot, amazingly eagle-eyed vision. But I thought the kids, at least my buddies that had glasses, they looked cooler than me. So I really wanted glasses. I remembered so much, so I was, a, I was a, a child actor and I did a lot of uh, high school theater. Can I get an amen for all the drama nerds in high school? Come on, somebody. Okay, sounds like most of you were in the ensemble, but a couple of you were leads like me. Because the leads are like, I am a thespian. The, the ensemble people were like, woo, I'm a theater nerd. 
No, no, we know every word of every song in Hamilton, except for the bad words. Like, yes, we are theater nerds, amen. I remember one time I was playing Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, I was Conrad Birdie, because of course I was Conrad Birdie, and yes, I wore the gold lemme suit, and I looked amazing. But I remember one time with the director, I'm like, you know, I think that Conrad would be wearing glasses in this scene. Why? Because I wanted to wear glasses. And the director was like, Conrad Birdie was the coolest guy in America. He doesn't wear glasses. And in my head, I'm like, no, the cool kids wear glasses. Well, a couple of years ago, I was struggling with my vision, and I went to an optometrist, and I had the whole eye exam. And the guy goes, well, Mr. Kerrigan, I'm diagnosing you with middle-aged. Here's your script for glasses. Now, a couple years later, everything is fuzzy all the time. I, I can't see near, I can't see far, I can't see nothing without glasses. So my desire from 30 years ago has come to fulfillment. Turns out, really not that cool. It's kind of annoying. Let's take that over to our tongue. Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. How did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke. God creates when he speaks. He speaks things into existence. The Bible says that we are created in the image of God. We create with our words. You want to walk by peace and joy and hope and faith and confidence? You need to speak that because you are going to speak out the type of person you're going to walk out to be by, by the words that you speak today. So it's important that if, if you want to walk in faith, peace, and hope, then you've got to start speaking by faith today, regardless of what you're hearing. One of my biggest pet peeves with, with kids and young people, you know, I, I raised three teenagers, is that they're always just like, oh, that gives me so much anxiety. That movie gives me anxiety. That smell gives me anxiety. That song gives me anxiety. That sports team gives me anxiety. And then fast forward to like, oh, that social media gives me anxiety. Now all of our young people have anxiety. Well, congratulations, you spoke, and now you're living out the things that you spoke. This flavor ice cream gives me anxiety. Like, I've heard the dumbest things from raising teenagers. So stop speaking your anxiety and you won't be living anxiety anymore, amen? Stop, stop, repent. You, when, you, when you say dumb stuff like that, it's like spreading seed. And then a few weeks and months later, like you're getting this harvest of anxiety. You're like, oh, I'm really struggling with anxiety. This anxiety gives me anxiety. Well, yeah, because you planted the seeds with your words. So if you're a believer in Jesus, repent of your sin, ask God for crop failure, and his grace and his love will cause all of that anxiety that's waiting for you to fail, and instead speak life. Plant seeds of life. I'm overcoming anxiety. I walk in peace. I walk in joy. I walk in freedom. And sometimes when you're really battling, you're not going to feel like it. But you speak it life. You speak. And if you need to say something, you can say, I am overcoming anxiety in Jesus' name. He is, I'm not, remember, we're not denying that there's a problem. We're simply denying it a place of influence in my life. God is going to help me overcome this thing. I am fighting back against this thing. I will be set free. I will walk in peace. I will walk in joy. Paul said this, God gave us a spirit, not of fear. Say, not of fear. God gave us a spirit, not a fear. There is a spirit of fear, but God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. We need to remind ourselves that it is the spirit that God that breathes power, love, self-control, life into us. We're not going to come into agreement with the spirit of fear. God's spirit will fan the flame of power, love, and self-control as long as we stop coming into agreement with the spirit of fear. 
So let's talk about faith versus fear. Because this is going to be a a wrestling point. This is going to be a pivot point. The difference between faith and fear. Fear comes when we listen to the voice of the enemy. Let me say, fear comes when we come into agreement with the voice of the enemy. And when we start believing the worst case scenario. You ever heard something and your response is immediately a worst case scenario? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I didn't go there. I just came here. Like, I know. But that, that bump on your wrist is probably skin cancer. You're going to be dead by tomorrow. Whoa. There's a thousand things we need to deal with. First of all, I think it's an ant bite because we live in Texas. So, so just let's not go to worst case scenario. Let's not go to spirit of fear. Let, let's put our faith and hope and trust in God because that's faith. Faith comes when we listen to the voice of God and we trust the voice of God. We... Here's, here's, here's when you know you're walking in faith. When you hear something that's impossible, faith says, yeah, nothing's impossible for God. That makes perfect sense. Fear responds with, oh, that's impossible. That could never happen. Faith responds with, nothing is impossible for God. He created the heavens and the earth. So surely this thing is absolutely possible. So faith comes when we put our trust in God's plan. Fear is putting trust in the devil's plan for your life. And it's so easy to give in to fear. I understand that faith can sometimes be hard to walk out. But, but if you're giving in to the spirit of fear, you're taking the low-hanging fruit. It's easy to give in to fear. It's easy to look with your natural eyes at a situation and then let your natural understanding follow the spirit of fear. Faith has to see beyond what we see with our eyes and to see the victory, even though we're not walking in it yet, but I am trusting that my God is good and, and that he has a, a plan for deliverance. So whatever might be impossible is not impossible for my God. Isaiah 41.10, and I'm going to give you this verse later, but I'm going to preview it now. Fear not. Why? Because I am with you. Do not be afraid. Why? Because the Lord says, I am your God. Did you notice that fear not and do not be afraid are in the command form? Like, hey, stop fearing. Stop being afraid. Exclamation point. Why? Because God is good. And here's the way we tend to treat it. Hey, buddy, hey, listen, church person full of the Holy Ghost and power. I know you're going through a tough season. And I know it's, this has been hard on you. And, and I understand that you're having to respond in fear. That's not a biblical way to deal with, with fear and anxiety. The Bible says, knock it off. Stop fearing. Make a choice. Make a choice to fight back. And you're like, that is so insensitive. You don't know what people deal with. I remind you, people in my own family have dealt with crippling fear and anxiety to the point of depression and suicide, but we have seen these people walk back and are walking in victory and joy and hope, even though years ago they thought that was impossible. Why? They made a choice. They drew a line in the sand at a certain point to fight back, to fear not, to not be afraid. Why? Because God is our God, period, end of story. So we fight back. All right. So that's just, if if that's point number one, you're like, point number one, I thought this was the end of the sermon. Dude, this is still my introduction. (laughs) If we're going to overcome anxiety for an entire culture, it's going to, I'm not going to rush this. We're going to be here a minute. You made lunch reservations. That's on you. Don't come to Uncommon Church and make lunch reservations. (laughs) Amen. So the big part of overcoming anxiety is simply fighting back, saying no more, enough is enough, I will not give in to the spirit of fear anymore. Now can I also just talk about anxiety for a minute? 
Do you know that God created anxiety? God created your nervous system? We just need to take back our nervous system that is now trying to kill us. But God created your body with a nervous system to protect you from doing dumb. Like, I, I know some people have a phobia of ladders, and I like to make fun of those people, Damien and Ben. The point is, <laughs> I have no fear of ladders. But everybody at a certain point, whether it's a six-foot ladder, an eight-foot ladder, a 16-foot ladder, at a certain point, you go one more rung, and you start to get that little queasy feeling in your knees and little butterflies in your belly. Why? That's your nervous system giving you a little bit of anxiety to say, hey, you're going to take another step. You should be very, very careful. Maybe you're going to go on a job interview, and this is a life-changing job interview. And you pull up to the place, and like you're sweating in the back of your neck, and your pits are sweaty, and I feel like we're going to eat mom's spaghetti. We're going to see it all over. And it's like, i got to make one more shot, right? Like, but you go into that job interview, and you're nervous. You're anxious. Why? God made you to have a nervous system that is on high alert when you need to be on high alert. Maybe you're hiking with your family out in the desert, and there's scorpions and rattlesnakes, bears, oh my. God gave you a nervous system to have a little bit of anxiety so that you're very careful when you place your feet. God created your nervous system. The devil doesn't create anything. He simply twists the things that God created. So the devil is taking your own nervous system and trying to destroy you from the inside out, making mountains out of molehills. So overcoming anxiety is inviting the Holy Spirit into those dark, scary places in your heart. Why? Because God created it, so therefore he will restore it to its proper working order. Amen? We live our whole lives in anxiety in fight-or-flight mode. Every room we walk into, every, every, every classroom, every, 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 anywhere where there's people, usually, we're immediately on super high alert, our heart's pounding, we're sweaty, we're, we're, like, we're like in fight or flight, like we want to start swinging at people or running. Well, that should only happen when like the rattlesnake or the bear are trying to eat you. When you're walking into the lunchroom, you shouldn't have any of those feelings ever, never, ever. But so many people that struggle with anxiety, they are worn down because they're in fight or flight mode. Their adrenaline is constantly pumping. And if you've never dealt with this, thank God. But apparently most of our church have struggled keeping their nervous system at bay. If God created your nervous system, he can heal your nervous system. Right? I'm going to repeat that for this side of the room. If God created your nervous system, he can heal your nervous system. Amen? All right. We just have to choose to fight back. First Peter, cast your anxiety on who? The Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. You're like, oh, I knew you were going to read that verse. That's not really how it works. Yeah, it is. That's how fighting back looks like. It's like, man, this anxiety, I almost said sucks in church, which you shouldn't do. This anxiety kind of sucks. But then we kind of hold on to it, and then we protect it, and then we like pet it, and we keep feeding it, and we make it our baby. And then it's trying to kill us from the inside out. The Bible says, stop and cast that anxiety on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. Make a conscious choice to cast that anxiety on the Lord. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to anxiety. Stop claiming I have anxiety with your tongue. Say, I'm overcoming anxiety. You keep claiming it and you keep having it. Well, why don't you start saying, I am casting my anxiety on the Lord. I am overcoming anxiety in Jesus' name. Yeah. All right, 
I'm going to give you, <laughs> that was my introduction, now I'm going to start the sermon. So <laughs> some of you are like, are you for real, for real? <laughs> How long have you known me? <laughs> We're going to be here a minute. Sean Johnson is the pastor of Red Rocks Church. Super duper ironically, and having nothing to do with this message, Sean Johnson is speaking on this platform Wednesday night with Red Rocks Worship. I double dog dare you to come Wednesday night and hear Sean Johnson speak. His life message is fighting back against anxiety. He literally wrote the book on it. Yes, it's on Amazon. It looks like this. I encourage you to buy it. I took a few of Sean's points because he has dealt with crippling anxiety for most of his life and he has overcome it and he's giving you the tools. I stole a few, I added a few of my own that we've learned over the years, but I would strongly encourage you to buy Sean's book. I, would str I, I don't know what he's speaking about Wednesday night. I would assume it's something having to do with attacking anxiety. So I, I would be in the room and worship and listen to Pastor Sean this Wednesday night. So let's get into the message. The point that we talked about from the video clip from two weeks ago survey, you're not alone. More than half the church struggles with fear and anxiety. So if you're not alone, that means you're not a bad Christian. We're gonna fight this thing together. So often we withdraw and we dig a hole and then we pile dirt on top of ourselves. We disqualify ourselves from being active in church, serving on a team, being a member of the church, you know, going to a U group because of our anxiety. But you have to remember, you are a child of the Most High God. You have a loving Father in heaven. He has invited you to sit at the Father's table and at the Father's table there is no anxiety and he will help you out of that pit. So you have to know it's not going to be like this forever. I know you might have been struggling for years and years and years, but it's not going to last forever. I know many people that have completely overcome anxiety. They, they have completely come out from underneath that spirit of fear and that cloud, and today they walk in peace and joy and hope and confidence. Why? Because they fought back against their anxiety. The Lord's mercy is new every morning. So although you have been struggling for years, today the Lord's mercies are new. At these altars in a few minutes, the Lord's mercies are new. Tomorrow morning, the Lord's mercies are anew. If you read the Bible, there's many people from Genesis to Revelation that struggled with anxiety. In fact, the Bible talks about anxiety like a lot, a lot. And there's a reason for that. The Lord knew that we would struggle from time to time. So he created healing and he created steps for healing to overcome anxiety. The Apostle Paul himself, like some people are like, well, really good spirit-filled Christian should never struggle. I don't know that there was an even better spirit-filled Christian than the Apostle Paul. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, guys, remember when I was with you? That was in weakness, fear, and trembling. Sounds like Paul was having some significant anxiety issues. I mean, I think I would struggle with anxiety if at every turn people were arresting me, beating me, trying to shipwreck me, and trying to kill me all the time. Like, I get it, Paul. But if the mighty Apostle Paul had moments of fear and trembling, stop pretending that you're okay. Like, the Apostle Paul struggled, and it's okay to struggle. It's not okay to stay struggling. You have to come out of that. You have to talk to people and surround yourself with people of faith. Most people, <laughs> you know how when you struggle with something, you only find the people to get around you that struggle with the same thing? And then the two of you get talking together, and instead of calming your anxieties, you're just throwing fuel on the fire? You need to surround yourself with people that are of faith, 
and they're going to speak life into you, and they're going to, they're going to reaffirm that you are going to overcome this thing in Jesus' name. I would highly recommend a Christian counselor, a therapist, a licensed uh, counselor. You know, most people don't even realize that their health insurance will, has a subsidy for mental health. Most people have no idea. They never even look into it. So find a Christian biblical counselor. Go once a week. Your deductible is probably 25 or 50 bucks. Your insurance is going to pay the rest. And I want you to talk to somebody of faith, somebody that knows the word, but somebody that's a, a licensed counselor that can help to get you into complete and total healing and freedom. In your own life, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to shine a light under the root of your anxiety. Lord, is this coming from my body, my soul, my spirit? Is it coming from something that happened to me? Is it something that was said over me? Something that was handed down to me? I, I, Holy Spirit, I don't really even know why I'm struggling or where it came from, but I know that I need your help to get out of it. So you're going to ask the, the Holy Spirit to help you. Because so often in the church, we feel ashamed, we feel alone. So we take this anxiety and we just pull the pin on the grenade and stuff it down and hope it doesn't come out. But you all know that sooner or later that anxiety is going to explode and it's gonna, there's, there's, you're going to be crippled in, in fear and in panic attacks and, and, and in loneliness and in depression. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to help shine a light in that thing. Why? So that we can remove it and get it out. So you have to be honest and say, I need help. I, I can't overcome this alone. I, I, I've been struggling with this, so I'm going to need some help to, to get out of this this thing. So I, I need a little more help on the teleprompter if we could scroll that up because I've said all that twice. Keep going. Keep going. Good. Um, we have a product uh, program uh, here at the church called Freedom Track. If you've struggled with anxiety and you have never taken Freedom Track, man, I double dog dare you. We've already started the fall semester. It started last week, but um, just in January, mid to late January, we'll start the spring semester of Freedom Track. It's an eight-week course, and, and it, it, not all eight weeks deals with anxiety, but over the course of those eight weeks, God is going to highlight some, some things, some sticky wickets. Like you ever go walking and you get those stickers in your, your shoes or your socks, and they kind of keep sticking you like, crud, ow. And you keep, God's going to highlight some things that have been fueling your anxiety, but I, I would strongly encourage you to take Freedom Track. It's going to help you um, get some breakthrough. Uh, the next thing is stop trying to hide your anxiety. The devil always does things in secret. He always does things hidden in a dark cloud. So we get really good at faking that we're doing okay. Well, stop trying to hide it. All you're doing is making it worse on the inside. So the Holy Spirit always shines a light. He always brings peace and joy and life and light and hope. Um, so stop faking it that you're okay. You're not okay. We know you're not okay. You need to know you're not okay so that you can overcome this thing. If your anxiety was triggered because somebody hurt you physically, sexually, verbally, emotionally, one of the giant keys to overcoming anxiety is forgiveness. You need to forgive people that have hurt you. And that's easier said than done. Believe me, I know. There's some people that I've really struggled with forgiving. But if you don't release people of the debt against you, it just fuels the anxiety on the inside of you. And you might be like, listen, that person's not in my life. That person died. Fine. They don't have to be in your life for you to forgive them. But you do have to release them of that debt. And I need to say this. Gentlemen, if you have struggled with pornography and you have been hiding that sin for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, but yet it was, you were exposed to something when you were a boy that was sexual that should have never been exposed to a young person. And I said men, but this is men and women in today's society. Not only do you need, to, and you've just covered yourself, blanketed yourself in so much shame that now you live in anxiety, go back and forgive the person 
that exposed you to something that you never should have been exposed to as a child. Release them of that debt. If you've sinned, repent. Ask God to forgive you of your sin, but you, 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 you move all that forward to today and you'll be set free from your anxiety in Jesus' name. All right, some, some tools to help you fight back. This is gonna sound so cliche and stupid. Worship. Worship. Worship lifts your attention from the problem to the solution. Most people that are in crippling anxiety do not feel like worshiping. All they do is feel like staying in their crud because it's all we've done is focused on it. And we've made this thing into a baby. Lift your head to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lift your head to the victorious one. Worship and adore Jesus. Sing when you don't feel like it. Shout, dance, laugh. Why? Because the enemy has been defeated. Worship is a giant key to overcoming. The reason I say you're gonna to have to force yourself is because when you're really struggling with anxiety, you're not gonna feel like worshiping. But we're not led by our feelings, we're led by our spirit man. And we're gonna force ourselves to worship even if we don't feel like it, why? Because the breakthrough is in the presence of God. Psalm 16 says, you make known to me the path of what? Life. And in your presence there is fullness of what? Are you kidding me? In the presence of God, is fullness of joy. At your right hand, when I am closest to you, there is pleasure forevermore. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. So, unlike anxiety, worship brings us into the presence of God. Worship brings us to the right hand of the Father. In the presence of God, there's pleasure forevermore. In the presence of God is the path of life. In the presence of God is more joy than you could ever imagine. You just have to start by worshiping. Not just standing there with your hands in your pockets. Not coming 20 minutes late to worship because you don't feel like it. That's why you're still struggling with anxiety. Come five minutes early and so that you are ready. You're chomping at the bit like, come on, Pastor Allen, I am ready. I've come to worship my way out of this anxiety in Jesus' name. Why? Because worship is warfare. Worship pushes back on the works of darkness that have been attacked, attacking your soul for all this time. King David himself struggled with anxiety. There's so many verses Sometimes the Psalms are a little mopey because King David wrote a lot of super sad songs. By the way, if you're wondering why we don't sing a lot of anxiety, sad songs here at Uncommon, it's because I understand that sometimes you need to sing a psalm of lament and then you need to get that place to the joy and how there's always that bridge into the, like that second chorus and it's like, yeah, but for the first 20 minutes, we, the whole church is singing all of this depressing anxiety songs. We don't sing those because we would rather just lift our hearts and our hands and our voices to the Lord and give him praise. Now listen, you'd be like, no, that really helps me. Fine, in your own personal quiet time on a Tuesday morning, start that song for you and yourself. We're just not gonna sing that corporately because I haven't struggled with anxiety, so I'm not gonna sing about all my anxiety or I'm gonna be creating anxiety in my life that I didn't have before. So I would rather sing songs of praise and victory and worship and adoration and then all of us are going to, what did, what did King David say? Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. I, he, it's in the command form. Hey, soul, you know how you don't feel like worshiping? I don't care. Bless the Lord, his holy name. And if you need to sing the sad song, fine, do it in yourself, but make sure you don't just say in the first verse, get to the chorus, get, get to the third verse, get to the victory in your life, Amen. But that's why we don't sing certain songs at this church. 
I don't know why I got off on that. <laughs> Keep worshiping every day. Like, you can't be like, well, I sang that one song that one time. Well, congrats. But you also have been digging this pit for a long time. It, it, it might take a minute to dig your way back out. So why don't we do this? Start worshiping and then quit when you feel the presence of God and joy everlasting and, and all the pleasures of God evermore. Amen? And then just don't stop worshiping until you're there. Well, no, worship is only on Sunday morning for three songs. Oh, well, then you don't understand what worship is. You are a believer. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. Worship is a 24-7, 365, all day, every day I'm worshiping the Lord. Anyway, this message is going to go longer if I take that rabbit trail. <laughs> Fight back. Attack back. Worship is warfare. It's how we fight back. It's standing up to the enemy and being like, I'm not going to look at you. I'm going to look at him. Second Corinthians, Paul said, the weapons of our warfare, they're not of the flesh, but they do have a divine power to destroy strongholds. Josh, I know I made the slide, so I'm setting it up a little bit. Can we read that again? But instead of the word strongholds, which has been an anxiety in our life, can we say that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy? That was your cue, Josh, to click it right there. That was the moment where you click the click, anxiety. The weapons of our warfare, that God has given you weapons to destroy anxiety. We do, we do, we do that through worship. And, verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive, and we make that anxious thought obey Christ. Did you notice that he said it's the weapons of our warfare? Weapons are offensive. You don't use a weapon for defense. You use a shield for defense. You get behind cover for defense. Weapon is off. You're going to attack anxiety in worship. You're going to attack anxiety that when you have an anxious thought, you're like, no, 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 no. I take that thought, and you have to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. You have to bow your knee to Jesus. The battlefield for anxiety is in your mind. And you take those anxious thoughts and you make them bow their knee to Jesus. I will not have anxious thoughts. I will not have fearful thoughts. I'm not going to give any anxiety real estate in my mind. But here's the problem. When a tractor goes down the dirt road all summer long and then the rains come, that tractor keeps digging a deep root, a rut in the road. And if you try driving a car or even a pickup truck down a tractor road, like, you're going to destroy your suspension because of the deep ruts that has been created by the tractor. Anxious thoughts create deep electrical ruts in our brain. The Holy Spirit in you in worship and prayer is going to create all new ruts that say, no, 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 I'm not going to give in to anxiety and fear. I worship the Lord. I'm going to retrain my brain to think victorious, overcoming thoughts. It's going to take some mental work to take every anxious thought captive and submit it to the Lordship of Christ, but that, I'm going to do it in worship, and I'm going to do it in prayer. You need to learn to be a person of prayer. If the American church is anything, we are prayerless as a whole. Not, not uncommon. You guys are amazing at prayer. We all could do, we all could do a little better. If you learn to respond to anxiety in worship, and in prayer, it's building your faith. 
Listen to what Paul told the church in Philippi. Guys, I know you're struggling with some anxiety, but be anxious about nothing. Don't allow any anxiety in your life. Instead, in everything, in all the anxious stuff, respond with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And then what happens? The what? Peace of God that is going to surpass your natural anxious understanding. That is what's going to guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer, supplication is asking, thanksgiving, crying out to God. That's part of your battle plan. You're sharing your pain with God. You're going into your prayer closet and you're pouring out your heart and being like, God, I need help. I need healing. I need freedom. I need you to help me overcome this anxiety. I'm stretched so thin. I choose to worship you. And in prayer, I pour out my heart. I'm asking you, ask the Lord for healing. Ask the Lord for deliverance. Ask God to heal your nervous system. And if you have suffered trauma, physical, sexual, emotional trauma, ask God to heal your trauma. See, so often we don't realize that trauma is like an opened wound, but nobody can see it except for us. Trauma is a wound of your soul. You were beaten, abused, you know, sexually abused, verbally abused. That becomes an open wound in your soul. And people go through life and they go through church and they're just still carrying their trauma instead of allowing the Lord to completely heal and restore that trauma. The bigger the trauma, the the longer it takes to heal. But he, he is God. He is good. And there is healing that surpasses our own natural understanding. He is the one that has power to bring healing. God will give you a peace that you can't understand with your mind. It's only, it originates and bubbles up from your spirit, man. That's where that peace and that joy comes from. It's, you're not going to be able to think your way into overcoming anxiety. What you are going to do is take thoughts captive, submit them to the lordship of Jesus. And the key, what did he say? Be anxious for nothing. But that only comes through prayer, pouring out your heart to God. So my advice, my counsel to you is become a person of prayer. If you haven't signed up for the school of prayer with Josie's dad next month, I encourage you to do that. It's sign up on the events tab on our app, the Church Center app, or on the events page on our website. Take six hours and learn how to become a person of prayer. You're in a battle, so learn how to fight back. And also, the next point is this. If you're in a battle, you need to get some people that know how to fight to surround you. You need to get some men and women that know how to fight to jump into your foxhole so you can fight your way out of this thing. People of faith, not of fear. People that have overcome anxiety. People that live in peace and joy. People that just exude peace and joy. You're like, dude, I need you in my foxhole. I am overcoming anxiety. I don't struggle with anxiety because I'm not going to say that with my words. I am overcoming anxiety and I need people around me to help me fight. I need to be in community. I need to be in a you group. I need to have people in my dream team. I'm going to overcome this thing, but I'm going to borrow some of your strength. So get people that are full of the Holy Spirit to surround you. And here's something. You... And the people that surround you, sometimes I don't want you praying in English. I want you praying in tongues. I want you praying in the Spirit. Because sometimes there's mysteries that have happened to you that have triggered your anxiety that your only response is to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because that's where the freedom comes. I need to do a giant timeout. Because I have walked with people that have struggled with anxiety. They hear a sermon like this, and then they feel like, man, I have been fighting back. I have been trying to overcome. And when I hear messages like this, they shame themselves and say, I guess I'm not doing good enough. Listen, you need to hear my heart. If you have taken any measure to fight back, if you've taken any measure in worship and in prayer, 
good job. I am proud of you. I think you're amazing. This message is mainly for people that haven't started their fight. This is the message for people that have not yet begun the journey where you are. So they're still gasping for air in their soul. If you have already begun your journey, don't stop the good work that you have already done because the devil is a liar and he wants to shame you. Don't let him trick you like that. All right, why don't you hop up on your feet? We're gonna wrap this thing up. So if you've already begun this fight, keep up the good fight. Keep your, keep your, keep, keep working. You're doing great. All right, if you're gonna overcome anxiety, there's some simple truths to remember. It's a verse that I mentioned earlier, but I'm gonna give you the full verse now. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. In the command form, fear not because the Lord is with you. Do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. Why? The Lord is going to help you. He is going to uphold you with his righteous right hand. And remember, we stand in his presence at his right hand through worship. Fear not. Why? Because the Lord is with you. Don't be anxious. Why? Because he's going to fight your battle. He's going to give you victory. Because the Lord is God and he is good. And you are seated in heavenly places together with him. And you are a child of the Most High God. And at the Father's table, there is no fear. At the Father's table, there is no anxiety. At the Father's table, there's peace and joy and hope. And you are a child of God. You have a loving Father that's going to fight for you. Fear not. Why? Because the Lord has redeemed you. He has adopted you into his family. He's called you by name. You are the Lord's. So fear not. Do you know what I usually see? People that have overcome anxiety 10, 15, 20 years later, the people that have overcome anxiety, they help other people out of the pit. And it ends up shaming the devil for all that trash that the devil did. So you're gonna get the victory. It's not gonna last forever. You will overcome this thing. You're gonna give God the glory. And then years later, you're gonna be grabbing other people out of the pit and tearing them up. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't live under it. There is hope. There is healing. There is freedom. Let the Lord, let your church help lift you up. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25. Anxiety in someone's heart weighs them down. But a good word makes them glad. This is a good word. When we dismiss the service in a few minutes, the ushers are going to hand you a half sheet of all of the verses that I used, plus four or five more. If you struggle with anxiety, I, I want you to read those verses out loud. Remember, we're out loud, our words are powerful. I want you to read those verses out loud every day, twice a day, three times a day. If you don't struggle with anxiety, give it to somebody else. Be like, hey, at church this Sunday, my pastor shared a message on anxiety and I, I know you said in the lunchroom you've been struggling. And, I want to encourage you to read these verses out loud. I'm going to text you a link to the sermon on the YouTubes. I think it's going to help you. When you're in worship, even when you don't feel like it, please, I'm asking you, lift your voice out loud and give God praise. Why? Because our worship is warfare and it breaks the chains. All right. All of this freedom 
is predicated on the fact that you are a child of God, that you have repented of your sin, that you have, have died, ask God to forgive you and, and you, so that you can live for Him. That's how we fight back. That's, if you're not right with God, that's actually step one. That's how you overcome fear and anxiety is by becoming a child of God. And it is the Lord that fights for His children. So my, my question to you today is, are you right with God? Those of you that are in the room, those that are watching online, are you right with God? Are you actually a child of the Most High God? Because my invitation is to worship the one that has saved you, to worship the one that has redeemed you. If you're not yet saved and redeemed, let's deal with that first. If you're listening to this sermon and you know you're not right with God, you know your sin has separated you from God, today is your day to get right with God. This very moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite you to pray and ask God to forgive you of your sin, wash you and cleanse you, and that you would make the the Lord Jesus, the Lord of your, that you're going to die to your old life. You're not going to live like that anymore. Why? So you can live for the Lord. So you can come to the table of the Father. Let's pray. Go to close your eyes, bow your heads. Father in heaven, we believe that you are our redeemer. You bring us out of the pit. You bring us out of anxiety and fear and depression. But that's for your children. So Lord, if there's anyone here this morning in this room or watching online that is not right with you, that has not completely died to sin and died to their old life so we can live for you and we receive the gift of eternal life and we receive the gift of adoption into your family. God, if there's anybody here today, I pray that right here in this moment that they would say yes to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and that's you, you need to pray. You need to ask God to forgive your sin. You need to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus. I can lead you in a prayer, but I cannot pray it for you. I can help you, but it's your prayer. It comes from your heart. If that's you this morning and you want to pray this prayer, it might be the first time. It might be the first time in a long time you've prayed this prayer, but you know your heart's beating out of your chest. You know this is your day to get right with God. Would you just shoot your hand up right now real high and say, Preacher, pray for me. I know this is my day. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? I see your hand. Anybody else? Shoot your hand. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Come on. I see your hand. Wow. I see your hand. Wow. I, okay. Good, good, good. All right, YouTube. Where are you at? I saw five or six hands shoot up. People that are saying, I'm going to get right with God today. Right there between you and the screen, whether it's your phone or you're watching online on a, on a TV, on a smart TV, your heart's beating out of your chest just like these five or six people. You know today's your day. Just between you and God, would you shoot your hand up and say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get right with God. Why don't we all pray this together? If you believe it in your heart, pray this out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I repent. I surrender my life to you. I die to my old life. I die to sin so I can live for you. I receive the gift of adoption so I can sit at your table. Thank you for loving me, for forgiving me, for washing me, for cleansing me. In Jesus' name.
Father, I pray for all of those in the sound of my voice that have struggled with anxiety and fear. And I bind and rebuke the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. And we, by faith, choose to cast our anxiety on you. And I thank you that all of us now are, are your children. We, 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 we sit at your table and in your presence is fullness of joy. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that today would be the day that we fight back. Today would be the day that we overcome anxiety. Today would be the day that we walk in peace and joy and hope and confidence. Today is the day of deliverance in Jesus' name. All right, guys, here's how we're going to do this. I'd like our prayer team to come down to the front. If you were one of those people that shot your hand up, we want to deal with that first. I, I want you to screw in a light bulb on our Jesus wall. We want to pray with you and encourage you in your walk with God. If you're watching at home online and, and you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want you to text the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. That's going to send an auto-response form. Please fill out that form and click Submit because we want to begin to pray for you, encourage you, I'm going to put your name on a light bulb on the Jesus wall. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.